Welcome back to Big Content. Make sure if you love this episode, you share it with your closest family members, friends, wives, girlfriends on the side, all the good stuff. We're back to our baseline of 300 views again. Yeah, I don't what know. <laughs> I'm not sure. We there must have been humbled. something that have happened in the other in the big episode. That's I why. think we shared on Twitter and and it got it got going in the algo a little. But yeah, you think hum- they put? You think we got put in the YouTube algo? Yeah, it tells you. Really? We've, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, mean? it tells you if you're in suggested videos. Oh, oh, yeah. But I think that's like a lot of that time, quite that's, literally the algorithm. Yeah, but a lot of times suggested videos will go to subscribers. Like a lot of your subscribers watch your videos not from your subscriptions feed. Mm. They watch it like through browse videos. No, I think new people. Maybe you could see, actually you could see that in the analytics yeah. as well. Yeah, yeah. Maybe we got pushed into the algo a little bit into yeah. the rat race. Yeah. Now we're back. Now I got a I got a hit of it. Now I want back <laughs> in. I think this is going to be a good episode. At least, well, what I presented. So. <laughs> one we'll question see. that you took from Discord. No, I thought it could be the basis uh, of the episode. Like, there's a lot to talk about on that category. Yeah, I actually think this whole episode should just be a Q and A because yeah. I think we have like. But eight, I think eight that this question is gonna be like a half hour discussion. Okay, I don't because I'm not fucking scared of any. Like, okay, many well, things. Fair <laughs> enough. So I'll just talk about my fears. All right, Christian asks uh, if you guys want to ask us questions for next episode. Hop in the Discord link below. What is Y'all greatest fear when it comes to owning your business. Don't like you knew where this was going. Yeah. Yours. Well, the funniest thing is I don't know the answer to, to my biggest fear. So I was hoping you would have some fears. Okay. Uh, um, and we would, we would riff off that. So my biggest fear is not living up to, I think the potential that I feel like I have. Mm. And it's kind of a intertwining between like personal and business. Cause as I've said before, like my business, I feel like is just an expression of me kind of extended into business. And I've always felt this way. I've always like, I think this is a, a lot of the reason why I'm scared. I'm not scared of like getting older necessarily, or like moving outside of my youth. The only reason I get a little bit nervous about thinking about it is like, at what point do I hit the age where I, you know, I, I'm over maybe that like energetic hump of like, man, I really want to chase after and keep getting after and keep going after my goals and things like that. And that's what makes me a little bit nervous. Like I think just, and it's weird because you kind of have a battle of like, we set these goals and we want to accomplish them, but like you also can't do this job if you just don't love the process. And I do, you know, this is the reason I'm, we're in, I was in here last Thursday night, Friday night for the draft today, filming all day and stuff. Tomorrow I'm sure I'll be back in here. Like, I love doing this. I love doing this all day, every day. But there are there are so many things I want to still accomplish. And I do get nervous that I'm not, like, moving fast enough, you know, especially in, like, a social world where you see so many things being accomplished and you see people doing better than you, whether it's financially or whatever numbers are being. Th- um, that's a little bit of a, of a fear of mine. But I find myself, like, if I could shut that out, like, the less, the less I look at the outside world, the better I feel about what I'm doing because I could find inspiration from things that are not being done before i guess what makes you think you might lose that energy literally just like age like i actually like not not necessarily like my physical age um i don't know i i guess like like i watch michael rubin you know talk about how he has not lost his fire you see coaches belichick you know some of the greatest coaches they're nick saban right he's flying all across the country recruiting he's clearly not lost that fire there's no doubt that he probably can't stay up till three in the morning anymore (laughs) at the bars well i guess when you're our age though when you when you're our age looking at that doesn't like 
I'm sure I'll still be doing it, but it yeah. doesn't. That doesn't feel like appealing to me. I yeah. I like. Um, All right, so I would say off that, my biggest fear, not biggest, one of, we'll talk a, a bunch of different fears, is probably priorities shifting. So right now, you know, the only thing I care about is pretty much like my business, my family and friends, and the Knicks winning tomorrow. But that has shifted from you know. Five years ago and I anticipate like once I have a kid like that will become significantly more interesting to me than probably my business or probably some of my friends you know so I think priorities shifting are you know it's fearful especially as a business owner because I know that I I won't be focused on the business 100% of the time going forward but I'll still have that passion and that fire but maybe I won't I've become a less competitive person over the years we've talked about that That scares me a little bit too I guess I've thought about it in the sense of like, like losing that edge It's not even fire. I don't care if I lose the edge if I actually put it elsewhere but I I don't want to um and I love doing what I'm doing but if I invest everything into it now am I sacrificing things that I that might bring me more joy long-term, mm. you know, like you're like, Oh, if I have a kid in like three to five years, like yeah. that's not even close to on my mind. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I would, and I, I wouldn't even be, I'd be okay if it happened, you know, if it happened naturally, <laughs> like, and I, I don't mean like a one night stand, like I just had a kid. I meant like if I actually fell in love and, yeah, uh, yeah, and yeah. my mindset shift to where like, Oh, yeah, I want to yeah, have yeah. a kid now. Yeah. But I wonder if, if like I have closed my mind off so much to those types of paths in life. Cause a lot mm. of people take those paths that I am foregoing, you know, something that might be, um, a more en enjoyable path in the future, I guess. I don't know. I guess a lot of things. Are I think that's a real fear. Yeah. Is, you know, we put so much time and energy, you know, I'm traveling all across the country last week. I'm missing opportunities to be with my friends. I'm missing weddings and, you know, stuff like that. For me, that's the stuff I enjoy, mm -hmm. but I'm sure, you know, when you say no regrets, I'm sure people do have regrets. Uh, at, how, at how old are you? You're 26? 26. Yeah. You're 26. Like, I'm 30, so I'm not that much older than you, but yeah. there's going to be a day when I wake up when I'm, you know, 35, 36, 37, yeah. and I'm like, I'm not I'm not that young anyway. I don't know where I'll be at in yeah. that point. No, you know? I fear growing up. Like, I felt once I crossed, 26 was actually, it wasn't like I sat down and mm -hmm. needed to go to therapy and talk through it, but I was like, once I crossed 25, I was like, all right, now I'm older. Like, for whatever reason, that was my mental blockade. But I know that people said, you know, I'm sure 30 for you and then going to 31. Like, you, we just grow older. So even if it's irrational, even if it's like, you know, we're, we're still fine. I think to just say it is a fear growing older, I think well, that's common. Yes. The counter I would have to that is anytime you felt old. And then you fast forwarded three years, mm -hmm. you would look back at yourself and be like, like if you if you yeah. look at like twenty three year old Jack, you'd be like, you're so you're so like disgustingly young, you yeah. know. So the way yeah. you feel about yourself now, when you're twenty nine, you're gonna be like, oh my god, twenty six year old Jack was so young. Agreed. So if you can like keep that energy and understand, like even me right now, thirty year old Nick feels fucking old because I'm yeah. thirty. But yeah. when I'm thirty three, I'm gonna be like, man, I'd kill to be thirty again. Yeah. Like thirty was young, thirty was yeah. energetic, thirty was like the good time, you know, like good years, whatever it was. So yeah. it's like, I try to keep that mindset as well. And I think that's important to try to give yourself perspective on that. On priority shifting, one of my biggest fears that also, I think a, a fear doesn't necessarily mean it consumes you a hundred percent of the time. Like, I don't really think about this stuff, you know, all the time. Uh, but like a fear would be, 
company not going well and having to let everyone go. You know, that I've said has been a priority change for me is like how I look at the business. Now I'm supplying other people's lives and families. So I, I take on responsibility to, you know, c- continue moving the business forward or sustaining what we're doing so that those people can get a biweekly paycheck and then they can pay their rent. They can take care of their family and hang out with their friends and do whatever they mo- may want to do. So I would say the fear is like, I don't know, snap goes down or YouTube goes down or we don't re-sign a partner and we got to let someone go. Yeah. I think, um, ironically, even though I've had, I've done those things, uh, it didn't necessarily scare me and I'm not scared of that. I think just operating from good intent Mm -hmm. for me has always kind of like combated that, you know, I feel like if I did something, if I did something that was like super detrimental to the company and then I had to let go of people who were depending on me, then I would be like, I know I'm, I'm fearful of this. Like I did something really stupid, but I also feel like I've, you know, obviously been the reason why we've built this up and I don't, I don't think I operate out of like a bad place ever to the point where I'm like, Oh man, like it's my fault that this is happening or we have to, but sometimes it's not anyone's fault. It just kind of, right. Like the market, you know, is what it is. And, and those things happen. Right. So So. if it's not anyone's fault, I mean like what, what's, what's the point of being fearful of it. No, that's what I'm saying. It doesn't really consume me, but it is just a fear of it's, I guess the fear might be like, it's out of your control. And like sometimes it's out of your control. You act in good graces. You maybe you made the right moves, but it just kind of is what it is. So, yeah, knowing is tough. I right. think, I think uh, going back to my, f- the first thing I said with not hitting my potential, it's almost like you ever, f- uh, f- uh, yeah, yeah. There's I've like, gotten more complacent over the Like I said, I really, I used to be hyper competitive and I've toned it down because I don't know if it brought out like the worst in me, but it just was silly. Like I would go to a pickup basketball game and the reason my priorities have shifted is like I would have done anything to win that <laughs> game. Like literally anything, right? That was just who I was. Now the way I so would have sh- wanted to fight you. When you were younger. <laughs> oh, you don't even know. <laughs> the way I've shifted is like I I genuinely like I still want to win. Obviously still want to win, but priority 1 is like don't get hurt cuz that that will just like losing that pickup game on a Saturday versus, you know, rupturing my Achilles, being on uh, crutches for weeks, like my mental health, my physical health, like that's just but in the past genuinely I wouldn't have cared. Like, I, I wouldn't have cared about that, and I just wanted to win. So um, I don't know if it's complacency as much as it is just a shifting of priorities. But, yeah, like the last couple of years, the business has done incredibly well. Still driving, but... you ever think, like, you ever have something kind of off? Like, you have an internal feeling like this is... I feel like this is not right for us, or this is not good. It's like, it's like rather than making the change, that complacency and being like, man, we did great these last two years, mm. but I feel like if I did this, we could have been... Like great, you know what I mean. It's almost like complacency for the lack of like greatness. Yeah, that yeah might not yeah. be there. No, I I think you know looking back over the last couple of years, I I wish I had gotten to this place on like YouTube or some of this other stuff. Uh, but I don't think it was from complacency. I think at the end of the day, like there are only so many hours in the day. You only have so many resources. And would I've loved to ha- have staffed an entire team so we could attack YouTube two three years ago? Absolutely, but. I also have to understand it wasn't realistic. Like, we have grown. Things have changed. We've made more money so that we can afford employees now and and resources. So, I don't know. What about you? Yeah, no, I feel like I'm off my rocker with that shit. (laughs) I feel like that the biggest... 
I don't even know if it's a fear, but a problem is that I always feel like we can be doing more. Mm. And you could tell me like we're doing the best we can and we're doing as much as we can. Yeah. But I like, and it's not even me being, I don't think I'm being psychotic. I genuinely am like, no, 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 we could be doing more. Yeah. Like I know we can be doing more because yeah. I pushed myself to these limits in prior years or situations right. or whatever. And I've been around people who want to push themselves to, you know, be great as well. And I find myself like, I don't know if underperforming is, is the right word, but I, I been find myself, um, wondering if there was more to be done. And, and, and the tough part about it, I think we feel, I think we as humans feel like the most down or the most like confused when we feel like we're not in control of things. Mm -hmm. Right. When you don't have control of something, even if it's not that big of a deal, like you don't have control, your, your brain starts going in weird places. So I feel when those situations happen, even if you did your best, you, if you're thinking like, oh man, I could have done better. That is, is a form of lacking control because you're you don't know you know it's a form of confusion a little right. bit so i start to ask myself like man was this right was this right and it's like it's it's there's so many variables to it. it's like is it the people is it is it this thing is it should i've been waking up earlier should i have been doing this instead of this how do i work smarter or some shit like that you know so it's like it's all these whirling questions that i feel like i deal with consistently and then it's a balance of also not trying to be so hard on yourself and yeah. realize that we're just like I don't know. We're just like here, you know. It just it is what it is. Don't you gotta, make me get ChatGPT out to ask the meaning of life. <laughs> <laughs> we don't need that. Oh, uh, dude, I don't know if you saw the tool that I sent you. The video editing. It's incredible. I I actually saw a TikTok of it. I didn't read your text. I do. I don't read text until I'm ready to respond. And then you said another text, so I got to go back and look at it. But uh, yeah, I I saw. It's super good. It's, it's GGS. It's like, uh, yeah, honestly, it's, I'm like thinking about firing sexy. <laughs> you literally put a YouTube link into it and it spits out 10 vertical clips with like closed captions. It'll like, Oh, I didn't see that. Yeah. I saw oh, one what, that was like the multicam. Yeah. Like that's not what I was. That's not what I, I sent you something else. Oh, like, you got shorts. Oh yeah. The, like it won't work for, uh, it's perfect for my videos where it's like the camera's kind of like still and it's one-on-one -on -one and gotcha. it'll work for this as well, which yeah. is really, really cool. Uh, it won't work for like vlogs and stuff if if the camera is too hectic and shit. But it's yeah, yeah, no, hundred <laughs> percent. Give it their a team, week. Their team. It's called um, Opus Opus dot. Uh, this is probably the most value we will ever deliver to. to I've sent video. this to like eight of my friends. Like yeah. immediately, I was like, "Bro, you have is it free? Yes, completely free. It's you put it in, and like ten minutes later, it spits out ten to fifteen short clips. Not all of them are perfect. Sometimes it duplicates them but you'll get like three to four clips that are usable absolutely like nice. right off the rip and it's the first tool i've came across that really did it well which tells me in six months time this problem will be solved like that yeah. like you really won't like these clip agencies and shit you gotta be hype if you're out there listening to that dude I mean, it, this it got me so fired up when i saw it because i was like on, on a realistic note you know i say like i'm gonna fire sexy but yeah. like <laughs> what gets me excited is okay rather than him having to sit there for three hours and come up with you can three, edit the with three edit, clips right? Right? He can, well, he can edit the edit, yeah. sure. But if they do the edits well, now he can shoot out six clips a day yeah. instead of three. Yeah. Or those fantasy clips, he could shoot out six, and then we could spend you know an extra three hours doing like X Y Z projects. You yeah. know what I mean? It, it literally all AI is going to do is wipe out the boring parts of work. It's efficient. Yeah, it's, it's going to be fucking cool as hell. And and the you know, most creative people are going to win. What I was thinking about with AI yesterday was taxes. What do I need an accountant for? You won't, yeah. The, but won't. The, that's not true. The smart accountants are going to let AI do all the math, do, you know, pull everything, 
and then they're going to sort through it. I don't need to take a picture of my W-2, put it in a Google Drive folder, send it to my guy now. He goes and they're going to read all the tax law. They're going to spit out this shit. Now, you'll use whatever tax, tur- TurboTax, for 50 bucks. It'll just be all A, which is that. But uh, it is like good we've been using AI, I feel like, for you know yeah, quite a while. But yeah. for some reason, as soon as Jet GPT hit, it's like all these companies came out of the woodwork. <laughs> like, yeah, we already had all these fucking fire tools. Let's just like, right. let them rip. Isn't, like, isn't like an algorithm artificial intelligence? Yeah, 100%. So yeah, we've definitely we're... used a form of it, but now it's like a useful form right. of it. It's great. Yeah, it came out. Yeah, dude, I'm telling like the next year is going to be nuts for this. Well, what I'm thinking is, are we going to be hit with content overload? Right? If you can now get 12 clips out of Yeah, probably. Yeah. <laughs> Which is why I think the most creative people are going to win. But what I've been thinking about, this is a lie. I haven't been thinking about it a lot. Uh, but <laughs> what I just thought I don't of for know. the first time right now. <laughs> what I say right now. Uh, but if I say I've been thinking about it a lot, I feel like it's more meaningful. But I've been less worried about view count on short form stuff. And the thought process being, I'd rather just do 12 clips and whoever sees it. I think I did say this actually about how, if we post something that helps one person or if we po- if we can now post 15 clips from this, if one of them goes viral, that's way more valuable than curating the top three and keeping our like floor view count up on a short or on a TikTok. So because you know, the power. Yeah, because the power of seeing someone like if, if you see one creator. Yeah, like five times over a week span it's it's like almost like you'll never forget that exactly You're like oh that guy's all over tiktok it's like not really but like I, I would almost it's so tough in short form i would almost argue like quantity over quality at this point uh i don't know though it's tough to say i guess on youtube shorts i feel that way because it just gets thrown into this mixer so it doesn't really matter you well know? yeah i i think i would my Long form, obviously, quality is going to win, but short form. I think it's, it's the like, same. I think it's the same formula. Is and I've always thought this way. It's it's always quantity over quality, mm. but there has to be a baseline of right, quality. Right. Can't be just ten quantity. But I guess zero on, quality. Or all right, I guess how I'm thinking about it is on these platforms that are now so short form centric. I feel like followers and subscribers. You're just so much more willing to follow, but on YouTube. Like if you're putting out a long form video, it's hitting that audience and they need to decide if they watch. If you're on TikTok, like you just follow anyone. Like how many times are you going to someone's TikTok profile? Yeah, like not often. Right. But you're going to people's like if you like someone's YouTube video, you're going to stay in that ecosystem. You're going to sub. You're going to f- watch all yeah. their videos. You don't necessarily with t- watch with TikTok. Ever. What what I think they've created almost is what I just said. Like if you see. If you see someone five times over a week or two span, it's weird. It's like you're it, it, almost like TikTok just forced you to follow them. Yeah. Like you don't realize it, but now you're just following right. that person without actually going out and following them. And you just you just know who they are. But it doesn't even matter if you don't see their low performing videos because you're just seeing their high performance stuff, which is why I say quantity on those on those platforms. Yeah, I mean, I th- yeah, I guess I guess so. That makes sense. So I guess the future of our lives. This could be a fear. Is this like is we're just gonna right here. <laughs> this is gonna be the future of our lives. And my biggest fear is we're just gonna be hit in the face with content forever. For I mean, sure, and over and over and over again. Now that it always plays itself out to where like if the, once something to the extreme happens, people push back on it, and then the other extreme starts, and we're like, that's too much, and then yeah. we hit back into the middle what yeah, that means is equality maybe it's a correct. new platform maybe it's this or that or the other thing but yeah i don't i don't know for now we're just gonna rip ai until it <laughs> rips our face off all right so what are some of your other other fears as a business owner um 
I don't I don't really fear judgment from others, but we should talk about that. Um I don't know if it's a fear, but it's obviously a very real thing comparing others. You know, people talk about it's funny how people say like it's a social media thing. Like people have been comparing themselves to others since the day they were born like yeah. since the earth started yeah you buy the house next to another house you compare who has a country club membership you compare cars shoot like this stuff has been going it's not just social media yeah i, I think uh, now though i will say i guess people are comparing themselves to the top percentile and originally it was just like in your circle yeah but that has that hasn't fundamentally changed it's very it's a real fear we talk about it all the time like if we compare ourselves to others in our demo, it's it's going to be really bad for us because we're hanging with a lot of successful people. If we compare ourselves to the general population, like we're both running businesses, you have your own office, you're hired multiple employees. Like, but if you compare yourself to Bleacher Report or you know <laughs> Matt Barry, like yeah, you suck compared to them right now. I think any any I don't know if there's a I don't want to say there's no good or there's no upside to yeah. comparison. I think if you are super intentional, uh, intentional about the reason in which you are going to look at your competitor, I'm okay with that. If you're like, hey, I want to see what they're doing here. Like, I think this was a really cool feature. Like, how can we adapt something similar? Good. Anything else I think is going to be a negative drain. You on. don't think you could use this motivation? I think you got to have hyper self-awareness. But I do think some people could probably be like, I want to, I want to crush them. And then they just go and do it. Yeah. It's, I, it's probably not for me. I get distracted by that stuff, but I think there's probably people out there. Yeah. I'm, uh, yeah. I guess there are some people like that, but I, f I feel like that's a weird, it's not I don't healthy. know if I'd encourage it. I don't it. think, yeah. no, it's not. And it's probably for a limited amount of people, but like, I like seeing like not my competitors, but I actually really like, I think the people that inspire me the most are like the younger, like group of people <laughs> with zero fucking following that yeah. are getting after it every single day. You know, like I, I don't know. I guess I could look at um, like okay. Here's here's an example. Like uh, you sent me the link of uh, Flock, he, Fantasy mm, Flock. Yeah. He was, so he gained incredible like popularity over the last I'm gonna say two years. Yeah. And there's no mistake about why. It's not because he gamed the algorithm. It's not because he stole ideas. It's literally because his work ethic was impeccable, mm -hmm. and he worked harder than I did, as well as anybody else in the industry. And he wanted it worse and he want like and he's really good correct yeah. just all the above he checks yeah. the boxes yeah. and me looking at that i think like initial you look at it quickly and you're like fuck you know like that could be me or that could be yeah. us or like x y the all, all these things i've kind of programmed myself to say like it's it has nothing to do with him like you that the reflection of the way i feel about that is a reflection of me mm. is a reflection of like where i need to do better so i could look at it and say like that's good. Where do I need to do better? Like, mm. do I need to work? And I think this this might be kind of what you were saying is like, I need to work harder now if yeah. I want to get where he wants to go. We have two completely different goals. Like, he was on the NFL draft red carpet interviewing athletes. Not my idea of a good time. Like, <laughs> I don't want to do that. You know what I mean? So, like, him getting that opportunity is not something that makes me jealous because that's not where yeah. I, like, my end goal is not to get there. Like, I like running a business, and then I like also having that business like supplement my lifestyle. So mm -hmm. it's like, I can work here whenever I want. I can go out. Like I'm sure he doesn't like drinking 14 margaritas on a Sunday. You know yeah. what I mean? Definitely not his lifestyle. Yeah. So I think that's like an important factor. And I think he's the biggest example of like someone who rose through 
a very crowded spot. It was very, very smart in terms of like the platform he was on in YouTube, how he grew it, but how he grew it was just like insane work ethic, right? Yeah. It's just like, he didn't skip steps in order to go there. He showed up every single day. Um, what do you do? Like three hour streams every night. He does it a stream every single night. And then in season, like when the NFL is going yeah. on, I, I think he puts out like four videos a day. <laughs> That's insane. Insane. All right. So let me ask you a, a, a better question then. What about when it is something you want? You know, maybe he's not a perfect comp, but like, you know, there were, you know, I do like going to these events. I do like interviewing. For me, I'm running a business. It's a little different, but let's just take Jack the Creator. Jack the Creator, I don't know if jealousy is the right word, but like, I would have loved to go to the NFL draft with YouTube. You know, they sent 40 creators. They did a whole YouTube shorts, DirecTV thing. All those guys probably got paid to be out there. I would love to have had that opportunity. What do you do in that scenario? You, you just, you just, you're never that. I don't think you should ever be the person that gives up the leverage. Like, I don't think you should ever want something. For, this is, is going to sound weird, but I don't think you should ever be the person, company, or brand that needs to ask another person of power or leverage for them to do something for you. I think my mindset is show up every single day until they can't ignore mm. the thing that you want. If you want something from them, just show up every single day. They might never come knocking on your door, but like I'm, I could live. No, with but that. I'm saying in comparing myself, it's like, oh, but those creators got invited. I didn't get invited. Uh, I mean, you could, yeah. What's the, what's the question? The question is, how do you not look at how how do you manage that situation? Uh, yeah. I mean, I, you could use that as inspiration, I suppose. Um, yeah, I guess that would piss me off a little bit, but like I, I, I think you turn that. Yeah, I think inspiration is probably the right way to do it. It didn't, I, it didn't piss me off. I think those people all deserve to be there more than me. I mean, we just got started on YouTube. Uh, <laughs> but it's, I you know, we run the agency as well. So we've got a lot of creators who think they should be places. And I think they should be places too. But there's probably times where like, oh, they got to do that. Now, I can look and be like, well, I got to do this. But I don't think it prevents me from being like, well, why not me in this situation? And that's comparing yourself to others. Do you want to use it as inspiration? I think you just got to have self-awareness. Um, looking at others probably is not going to be helpful. I'm not even sure there's a correct answer. It's just or like control answer. what you can control. Yeah. You know, it's like you might want something, but if. But is the argument that I could, I could be doing more on YouTube. I could be better. I could be. In right, right. You place. can control doing more on YouTube. Right. Yeah. But you can't control what the YouTube team is going to do. But I'm saying, what if I had gotten to that place? Where you feel like you're deserving and yeah. then they don't give it to you. Yeah. And work harder. Yeah. Like, you you work until they don't have an option or right. a choice. Okay. And I feel so like... So then we are using it as motivation. Yes. That's where, that's where I think I got to. Because I, I almost even think of, like, um, we hosted the Sleeper Bowl last year, right? Yeah. And that's, that's like... I guess I didn't really think about it in the mm -hmm. time because I was like, ah, we do some work with Sleeper, like whatever, like we're in fantasy. Like, yeah. of course, we're like one of the options on the list or whatever. But it's like you look at the the brands that did it. It was the fantasy footballers, obviously big time. Yep. Established a run yep. with Leviton and Evan Silva and then us yeah. last year, right? And I was like, that is not something that I kind of really ever envisioned us doing. Because it's not that I don't think people take us, like, seriously, I guess, in the <laughs> fantasy space. But yeah. if they didn't, I could understand why. But yeah. I don't care. Like, it doesn't matter to yeah. me. So it was almost like that almost felt like um, maybe a long time coming in the sense of, like, oh, we're actually getting recognized as, like, people that are in the fantasy space that are actually, like, fantasy football, yeah. a brand or a company or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, 
And I don't even know how we did. I don't even know if the stream was okay or not. I was just like kind of showing up and we had a good time, et cetera. But like, I don't know. I guess that was almost like an acceptance from the outside. But I, I'd look at things like that and I'd be like, we could do that. Like no doubt about it. But I don't think anyone would ever look at us as, as the people that would be able to like hold that down. You know, I don't know if that makes sense, but. No, it does. Do you ever fear capitalism? I love capitalism. You do? I mean, yeah. So I guess a fear of mine would I think be. I love <laughs> a fear of mine would be balancing doing good. Now you can play in a capitalistic society and not be a scumbag, but doing good and like doing right by people, but also understanding that some of us are here to make money or everyone is probably here to make money. Do you ever fear that line? Is there a line for you? And I, once again, I'm not talking about doing shady shit. Yeah, I'm yeah. talking employees want to raise versus what you're taking off the table. I'm talking, you know, all of it that comes with it. It's definitely a tough discussion. I think I've gotten, I think I was so loose with it to the point mm -hmm. where like, I didn't, I don't care if anything like goes into my pocket or whatever. Yeah. Like I would so much rather give away and make yeah. sure other people are comfortable. And I think as I've sort of run the business more, I've like tightened it up a little yeah, bit to the yeah. point where like, ah, these things actually might matter a little yeah, bit, you know? Yeah. Um, I like capitalism in the sense that I think it just cuts through the fat. Like the best people are going to win. Right. The people that produce the best content or products are going to be the ones that people buy from. That's what I like, right? Because I think those are the people that deserve to win in this. In a perfect society. In a perfect society. But and that isn't the case. Uh, I think you could force it to be the case. I think it's like you make your own luck, kind of. I think that's kind of the way a lot of people. No, no, no. I hundred percent. If if you work hard, do all the right things and have the best product, you'll win. But it, it doesn't mean that people who don't do that won't win too. And I think once again, it comes back to the comparison, like trust fund baby, right? Like they might be the biggest asshole in the world, but they could win because of connections. And yeah, but privilege. I don't, do you, you consider that I almost, I, I almost operate with the assumption that if you're like a trust fund person winning, you're probably losing internally. Like I just, I assume yeah. it's a weird way to operate, but I, I, I legit, it's, it's second nature to me. Mm -hmm. I'm like, you're probably, you probably feel like weird out of place. Like there's no way you feel good about what you're doing. <laughs> like you didn't actually do anything, yeah. you know? Um, I don't know. Maybe it's from coming from the complete opposite of that, but like, yeah. I, I just. No, the, the richest people are normally the unhappiest. So you're, you're not wrong. Yeah. I mean, if you don't, if you, if you haven't like worked for the thing that. But it is frustrating, right? If you say I'm work, my work ethic is a hundred X. And then I was just making the conversation back to comparison. You work your ass off. You do all, th all the things right. You get to a place and then you're like, but that person hasn't worked. It's just unhealthy. I'm just framing different ways. Yeah, I guess that's, I don't know. That feels like a victim mentality to me. Like yeah. anytime I've thought that way, I just feel like my, maybe I'm just fortunate that I, my brain is wired this way, but yeah. I'm just like, you're not a victim. Just like work harder. Like mm -hmm. you'll get there eventually. I, I really, really just feel like if you work a little bit harder in most things in life, you'll get there. There's a reason why you're not there. And it's probably because you're not working harder or smarter there. You know, like I, I just feel like blaming some other person because they have a fucking trust fund is just it's so irrelevant to your life. Like at the end of the day, you wake up and choose what you're going to fucking eat for breakfast. You like, wake is up it depressing to you that no matter what you do, the Kardashians will be more famous or successful? Yeah. Ruins my day. <laughs> no, but like. No, it like literally couldn't affect okay. even an ounce of me. Okay. Because that's not my, my idea of success is not being right, like so a then, fucking makeup So person. if your biggest fear is, is potential, not fulfilling that. My potential, not the Kardashians. No, potential, I, I know. Yeah. So how do you set your potential? 
Like, well, what's to say you? What is your potential? Right. Exactly. And if you're not basing it off anyone else, like you said, you just in, intrinsically feel something. You just intrinsically yeah, feel but like. Do you not base it off of others? Because there's there's levels, right? Uh, I don't base it off of others. No, I, I think I think my the best like work content projects anything that I've created has has not come from an outside source. It's been like. Yeah, maybe I thought maybe it was like an idea that I saw somewhere or whatever, but um, and then it sparked a different idea or something like that. But anything, I think my best work has always come from like I just feel like this is the right thing for me to do or us to do. So if you love your business, I think people need to be more in tapped and in touch with the things that you you often feel these things. You're like, oh, this is really fucking cool. I want to do this, and then 17 outside forces come in and tell you not to do it for whatever reason. And yeah. someone in your circle is like, eh, we that's probably too hard. We shouldn't so do this. What have you not accomplished? Because it feels like this is exactly what you want. Um, yeah, I mean, what like, are you looking for? What 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 is more to you? <laughs> that's a, when you put it that way it sounds bad but um no it, it's just a it's a i'm trying to understand because I get you're it. like i like doing this i, I do, am doing yeah. this what i mean um i still think at the end of the day like my i have told you about the plan that i have for what i want the office to eventually yeah, be yeah. um to open up pretty much like a creative studio for anyone in my network to work in work out of network and not from a business perspective, yeah. but the tough part about that is you can't, I, I, I want it to happen naturally in a sense. Mm. Like, I don't want to be like, Oh, it's like a business. Oh, we have right. a grand opening. Money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. cause that I think takes out the purity yeah. of what it is. Yeah. And I want it to happen. I know it will happen if I just continue working the way I am, but it's, it's just a lot of things I can't necessarily control except for continuing to work and continuing to put time between myself. And then I think, I think my truest happiest moment would be like being able to walk in here and it's filled with, you know, fucking 20 creators in here that I can just kind of like dip in and out yeah. of, um, I don't want to say like a mentorship role, but just like helping people here and there being like, oh, you need help with this. You need help with this, whatever, like, and help them grow their business or grow their style of creativeness or any of that kind of stuff, which, which I think is like, well, that's why I asked the only tangible the goal capitalist perspective, because you know, it's Kumbaya. It's nice. It's legacy, right? Legacy versus, versus monetization. Uh, what is the business like? How do you balance that? Or, that, or that it's BDGE makes so much money that it can be, you know, kind of your kind of like passion I, thing. Yeah, that's kind of like the way I'm looking yeah. at it. I'm also so then. Do you now want to push harder to make more money here? Yeah, so that you can do that. Yes. All right, and then once you do that, what's going to make you happy? I think I think doing that will be okay. super fulfilling for me. I don't know though. Maybe yeah. I get there and I'm like, I want the next thing. Yeah. You know, I want the bigger thing. I want yeah. the fast, yeah. the faster thing. I want the next season tickets. Yeah, you know, they're fun. I want to be with the Kardashians. The car. <laughs> <laughs> what did you say? I had like my, my I said the Kardashians. The my Cardigan Dashians. Is my what throat it got caught up. I've been spitting for a minute. Yeah, I I saw some that was uh, someone was like. How much is how much money do you need to have to spend twenty five k on a watch? It was a poll, um, and then someone was like, "You know, I wouldn't want to flex a watch. I don't. I would never want to do that." And someone was like, "People like you know, different stuff fulfills them. Do you think anything material would ever fulfill you? Like you always talk about, you know, getting that New York apartment. Owning apartment that. would be cool. I'd like yeah. that. Um, and I don't think that material things have to be flexed to fulfill you." No, I, I agree with that. I want um I want a Bronco. 
like a car. Really? Yeah. Maybe a Jeep. A Jeep. Uh, yeah, I actually don't care if it's a Bronco or yeah. something that I could just take the top off and fucking cruise in. <laughs> Makes me feel very free. <laughs> I okay. fucking love that stuff. Uh, not material, and I don't honestly know if it'll... But that, um, that's been something I wanted, but there's no reason to have a car here necessarily. Yeah. Uh, you, there's not a single watch that you could put on my wrist that would make me that would make my like happy love my serotonin levels go up or down. I disagree. I no. I you could put like a million dollar watch on my wrist and I'd be like, that's cool. For, like, <laughs> You'd be like, that's fucking crazy. I, I would be like, that's crazy because you told me it was a million dollars. But no, like, you'd then you'd walk outside and be like, am I gonna get robbed? And like, I should not be wearing a million dollar. Yeah, I just wouldn't care. It just yeah. wouldn't change anything for me whatsoever. Would it? Would that? <laughs> would that do for anything for you? Yeah. Really? Yeah, because I would sell it and take the okay. million and do something nice with. It. No, but shoes are a new thing for me. Um, I really, I mean, these are trash, but I've really been liking shoes. Shoes from a sense but of not like from a flex perspective, right? But fr- from a from a collectible standpoint, no, wearing, or from like wearing a, shoes. Now people will notice, so I think it's it's tough to say. Like, are hold you on, fle- yeah. But are you saying? In terms of like your you you know you've been getting into shoes lately, not collectible. You mean shoes that you enjoy wearing? They just happen to be more expensive. But yeah, yeah, if yeah. you found okay, so say is it like a weird relationship? Is the money affecting That's the relationship? I mean. If you found uh, two pairs of shoes that you liked equally, you thought they looked equally good on you. Yeah. One was a fifty dollar pair, and one was a two hundred dollar pair. Are you more? attracted to the more expensive pair no the cheaper i'm cheap as shit okay so well you made it seem like it was a problem like you were like i'm just spending money on shoes no 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 no. and i barely bought any shoes and like my spectrum guy who was like oh my god you got those kobe's they're like (laughs) the gg uh you know pair and i was like yeah and like it's not a flex to me i know people are gonna notice them but i just think they're so dope i don't know i don't i don't think that's a problem I think but like, I don't know if I'm going out in person, like, yeah, but, but my new pair that I like, I've, it's not an active goal. Maybe I should make it one. Maybe it will motivate me, but there's a pair of like Dior Jordans or Nike sneaker hat, um, that are like 10 grand. Like that's why you don't need those. <laughs> no, I don't. And I'm not buying them. And it would only be like, if the Knicks win the title, right. And, and I win $70,000 off 300. It's a good bet. It's a good bet. That is good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, like that just might be the way I celebrate. Like I get my dream pair of shoes, but I, I I don't think I would like wear them around thinking like, yo, people see I have. Um, Are you sure? I think that I might know. go back to it too. I think like the intent is probably a big yeah. So I can genuinely say my intent would not be that because I would be. I'll I'm I'll not, tell you personally. I'd be money. embarrassed to wear those. Yeah. I would feel like no. A, I would too. I'd feel like a clown. No, I would too. That that's what I'm saying. I'm just like speaking openly and transparently yeah, about the whole thing. I get embarrassed about all different types of stuff like that, but in a different way. I think getting those shoes because I really do fuck with them. Like I think they're sick. I don't even know what Dior is. <laughs> I genuinely it's just, just a think very high end fashion. Yeah, brand. I just yeah. think they're cool. So no, it, it's not like a money thing. And and I guess. I'm constantly trying to humble myself by being like, yeah, no matter how much money I've got, like someone obviously has way more than me, <laughs> way, way, way more. So yeah. that's why it's like, who are you flexing on? You know, <laughs> yeah. genuinely. Like anyone can come in and be like, there's someone else's way. You more. could get out flexed in a second. Like, I mean, dude, the only people that really flex things are just really insecure people. Right. You know, like, I, I don't know. It's just, 
Yeah. And I, I, I do not find myself as, as an insecure person by trying to do that. But hey, if people are listening and watching and being like, maybe have some more self-awareness and try to understand. Like, I, I think my biggest flex is having next season tickets. That's probably the biggest flex. And that's just like a personal thing for me. Next season tickets. You get to come hang out with me the whole season. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's a great. Uh, that's like a utility flex. Too. That's like a cool thing to have. Yeah. Did you actually enjoy going to those games and things like that? That's the thing. It's it's not, I'm not getting them to flex. Yeah. But but if out of everything I have, like that's fucking cool to me. But, but once again, there's 19,800 other people in that arena who also have Nick season tickets. And by the way, there's people who sit on the fucking court. And yeah. by the way, there's people who sit three rows ahead of me. So yeah, it depends yeah. who your crowd is. Yeah, like I could go, I go to like uh, I, I could hang out with my friends right from like my hometown or something. Right, and they'll think I'm doing something really cool, like work wise, yeah. and like if they're working very like normal entry level jobs, sure, my job looks cool. And then I can go to you know go hang out with like Jeremy Underdog or yeah. whatever, and then I'll. You know, low man on the totem pole again, exactly. it, which is why you don't, you know, you don't get high in your own supply. You don't get right. low on, on the booze and shit. Like and, that. and people say you should surround yourself with, you should be the shittiest one in the room, but you, you should not do that if it's going to send you spiraling, right? Agreed. Like you got to have, I don't necessarily love that all the time. Yeah. I like being around people like that if they're good people, because right. you could find yourself being underneath people like from a hierarchy standpoint, yeah. and a lot of those people are piece of shit people, yeah. you know, that aren't there to, like, help you, don't care about you, whatever, and then you're just in a bad spot. Yeah. And you're just getting bullied and getting fucking made fun of and all that shit. Yeah. You never, you never, honestly, I'll, let me elaborate on what I think my biggest flex is or, like, why I think the next season tickets are. <laughs> no one. <laughs> let Jack, let me talk about my biggest flex. The next season tickets is a flex. You know, like it, it would be if I if that's why I did it. The biggest flex is probably the fact that I texted my best friends and I said, I'll give you like if anyone wants to come with me because I have two, like I'll give them to you at face value. It's almost like flexing like I have these and like I'm doing this for like I could yeah. sell the ticket for 900 bucks. I'm going to give it to you for 300. That's almost how I I don't want to put myself on a different tier than my friends. I, 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 I think that makes you just like a, if you're doing it from a good place, a good person. And, right. Yeah. And you're not asking, I'm not, I'm not expecting anything back from them. You know? Yeah. You feel like your Besides friends don't, your friends would never do that for you. Is that what you're saying? I don't think they're in a position to do that. And I think that's where it could come across as, I don't know, but, but I think that that's what it is, is I would hope they that, can't do that right now, yeah. which is okay. Yeah, it doesn't come as a, off as a flex for me. I don't think I have a lot of friends in a position to like do that shit either. But I, I also, I feel like I try to be that person as well. And yeah. I, I would just hope my friends are like, okay, Nick's like a good dude, like whatever. Yeah. Like I appreciate this yeah. and like end of story, like yeah. cool, you know. That now you that I think one. it, it's funny. It's not charity, but like that, that's what makes me excited about giving stuff. back my peasant ass friends. <laughs> is almost like I bought tickets for them. Uh, like we went to Texas, Alabama. In, in Austin in September, tickets were like 100 or so bucks. Or, or no, sorry. They were like 400, 500 bucks. We had season tickets. I was about to say, your homies can't afford a $100 <laughs> ticket. No, they can. But they were like super up top. And I was like, I'm I'm just going to like buy us tickets down low. And it cost me like, like a couple thousand dollars uh, to upgrade our seats essentially. 
I'm like fortunate that, to be in that position. That feels kind of flexy. Not not bad intent. It, it's not flexing. It was more. Maybe it was more like, look, I just I'm at a place where I don't want to watch up there. So now it's my responsibility. It's bougie. It's bougie. It's bougie. It's bougie. I would feel if I was your but friend, I'd feel, unco- I'd feel uncomfortable. They they didn't. They enjoyed. Yeah, I'm it. sure they. You guys are also pretty relatively young yeah. too. But like, I no, would, no, no, yeah. I I totally get it because there is a lot there. I see. I also don't have a friend. I don't think that would like just be like I'm about to drop all this shit. So maybe I would speak differently. Well, I, you know, if they called a safety on Bryce Young, the tickets would have paid for themselves. <laughs> <laughs> but the game was rigged. Yeah, yeah I, I get maybe. But then again, again, even uh, I guess Jeremy kind of lives in my mind front free yeah. a little bit just because he's been someone who's at like yeah. such a, a star studded level. Yeah. But like when we do things with underdog and he's like the head honcho there yeah. he's taking care of everything yeah. you know and i'm not gonna like turn down tickets somewhere or whatever right. we have high yeah maybe maybe yeah no maybe the feeling of the fear of owing someone something i hate that shit that's that's something i never want but you know it's funny i'm putting people in the position that i fear most where they might feel like they owe me something yeah maybe it's like a reverse power trip yeah. like you're so scared of yeah, owing that yeah. you need to so reverse make, it yeah Maybe, Ooh. maybe. Damn, I feel like what I, am I? You know what the logical conclusion here probably is? Therapy. No, you should probably just give me your Knicks tickets for tomorrow <laughs> night. No, I mean, you know, one of my goals is uh, having my parents' money skip me. That's a fear of mine. Is like having to use their money to supply for my children, which is stupid as shit. I should. They worked their ass off. I got lucky. I'll acknowledge that. But, like, I should totally use... The, no, you shouldn't. You shouldn't use the privilege? You'll be unhappy using their shit. You'll you be could. very unhappy. Yeah, so that, you know, maybe... I yeah. think people who use their parents' money are... But is there a line? They're beholden to them. I, uh, yeah, it? the line is zero dollars. Don't take more than zero dollars from your parents. All right. That's, um, yeah. Yeah, I, I just feel like that ends up being a bad... No, there, there's leverages. 100%. Yeah. Like, you know, they pay for the wedding. There's leverage, you know. My yeah. mom wants do to they do. St- do they start? Yeah, picking and choosing what they want. It's and, happening. Exactly. I'm literally <laughs> living it. Trust me. Yeah. Uh, and that's what I explained to Hallie. Is like you start taking money. There's leverage, and you start using leverage, and that's why I try to make money now. Is because you, if you have, and maybe it's not just money. It's anything in life, but you need. You either have it, and then you have the leverage. Now, if you use it in a shitty way, which is what we were talking about before. To like make people feel bad mm-hmm. or or position people in a certain way, but yeah, it's all a leverage game. Yeah, which is why it's like if you're ever in a position, don't ever give up leverage. But if you don't have it, you just kind of have to like get into your own world yeah. a little bit and build it up until you have a little bit. And it's almost like I think your advice is saying don't don't take from others because then you're going to lose all your leverage. Yeah, and that's never the place you want to be in. Yeah, no, definitely not. Um, and I think like the most natural things happen from, you know, not a point of necessarily like, le- like d- taking leverage, giving leverage. It's, it, it becomes like very transactional in a sense too, when you start to like really operate from a, from a sense of it. So yeah. it's just like kind of just keep your hand out of the cookie jar both ways. Well, I was thinking about today what I actually was thinking about this today. Sure. To be clear. <laughs> to be clear. Once, once you have like LeBron James money or even any of these guys who, who are going to get a big contract, Lamar money. You got enough money for multiple generations. What drives you? So curious. I mean, because uh, kids, you you literally have the leverage is over. You now have all the leverage in the world because you could not like no one can hold you to this job because 
you you don't need the money what and and i wonder if that's where content creation should begin for creators is like create the content where if you had all the money in the world you would still want to do that yeah i think yeah that's that's a good starting point i think it, it really it goes i mean it goes back to passion like that's what that pure passion is just with no money involved what yeah. are you doing where are you spending your time what are you interested in late night what are you reading about like right. shit like that you know what i mean like that's where pure passion starts i think like from a lebron-ish standpoint i just feel like it all goes back to family you know it's like i've got my sons so i want to i want to make sure my wife is taken care of my kids are taken care of my mom my but dad i'm saying they're all taken care of and it's not even a question they're all taken care point. of but then you also are like adding to the family and then you're like i want my kids kids to be taken care yeah. of like my grandkids but that's what i'm saying his kids, 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 it's over. But you probably don't think that way. You're probably just like this and this and this and this. Doesn't, so it doesn't right. even. So no if everyone's cares. taken care of, do you see why winning a championship? Like maybe that's the thing. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely like real fulfillment in there. Like yeah. every, every human needs some sort of like progress meter. Every human needs some sort of yeah. goal. And I, I feel like probably for LeBron, there might not be a lot left of motivation, but maybe like MJ, just like the yeah. arguments of like, the last chirping in the ear of like, nah, MJ still got you. This and comes it, back to the original conversation around comparison. Yeah. Is it healthy? If that, if. No, I mean, he's got uh, a great life. He should probably be okay and happy. Right. Who am I to tell him that? Right. You know, like, no, but like if the fulfillment is him passing MJ, which is a subjective thing that's never going to happen. Yeah. Should you use that as motivation when you already have all the money in the world, you've accomplished virtually everything you can in the sport to some deep, some deep shit. Only one person would know. Should we ask him? You yeah. probably got his number probably, right? Oh, I was talking about ChatGPT. <laughs> <laughs> I was talking about Bron GPT. Yeah. How All do, right. How do you want to land this plane? Um, I'm curious if people found this helpful. I've This is either going to be really good or really bad. Okay. I'm not sure where the middle is. I feel like we kind of went off the rails there a little bit. I mean, that that's honestly how I wanted this episode to go as the producer of this episode. You're just like, I'm taking the steering wheel. and No, I, I thought, what's the biggest fear? But then it, it evolves into, is devolves a word? That's not a word. De devolve is definitely a word. Devolve. I'm just not sure. Like, I guess evolve is when you go from here to here. I was thinking. Regress? No, from what, like it splits. It splits down. Blitz feels like a good word. No, like it starts on here and then it devolves into these things. I don't know if that's the right use of the word. Yeah, I'm not. I, nope. <laughs> Sexy's such a little cunt, bro. Why? I did like a recap video on YouTube of the first round. And when I got to Bijan's pick, I was joking and I was just like, I just went off and I was basically, like, I'm just bought in. I'm, and then I started going in on the bit and being yeah. like, this might be the best like pick of the last decade or something. Yeah. like You know, I just kept going in for 30 seconds. Oh, he cut that up. And then after that, I went into like real fantasy analysis, like yeah. oh, we're the number one run blocking line, whatever, et cetera. And but he put like the first part in the clip, and then put the fantasy analysis. So it sounds like I'm like this is the best pick of the last decade. Let me tell you why. And then so now like TikTok's going crazy yeah. about you know all that. Bull that stuff. that's actually you want to talk minor minor fear. But now that we create so much content, we've got multiple video editors, and someone posting content is like it's not just my voice anymore. And I don't get to control every single thing. You know, when you edit your own stuff, everything you come out is said in the way that yeah. you want it captured. Now it's like some producer clips something. And, you know, all the guys on TV, same thing. We that's see like, I, you know, that's kind of another fear of mine, too. Not not this one in particular. Obviously, he was doing it, like, as a joke because he knew people on TikTok yeah, would go nuts yeah. doing it. Um, that, like, losing, as you scale, losing a little bit of, like, edge or your voice or, like, the personality of your brand based mm -hmm. on 
what yeah. other like outsourcing to other people. Right. Because not that's everyone's going to be like you. Yeah. Which is a problem in yeah. the world, you know. Yeah. We just had a bunch of me's. We'd right. Be. If we could clone you, it'd be <laughs> game over. Someone asked about firing Sexy or hiring him. One of the two. Yeah. Want to do some actual Q&A sure. after the first one? Patsy asked, when it came to hiring Sexy P as a non-paid intern, how did you find him or he found you? And what was the future value you promised or gave to him or gave him to keep him stay <laughs> gave me a seizure. That was that was his fault, not mine. I promise. <laughs> okay, let's see. Uh, how did you find him, or he found you? He had been. If you go back to some of our like earlier YouTube videos, he was a uh, he was a fan of my stuff on YouTube years and years ago. He was like in the comment section kind of early, and then he was someone who engaged with us on Twitter all the time. And he had you ever seen the picture of? a really, really fat guy that says, like, I beat anorexia or whatever. It's, like, like a meme. Yeah. You just, you've been shaking your head since I, even before I started saying I, it, so I don't know. I was... <laughs> yeah, that's yes. why I'm like, yes? Yeah. Okay, so he had that as his Twitter profile, so it was, like, very easy and recognizable. Yeah. So And his Twitter name was Sexy Pats. Yeah. So, like, he became kind of, like, an internal, like, person within our brand that we would, like, talk about. Yeah. Like, Did you see, like, what Sexy Pats sweet or some shit like that? Yeah. And then we opened up a Dynasty League, where we like did a raffle for the spots and this was actually kind of sick we did like a gofundme and we're like every dollar you put in you get a raffle you get one raffle ticket if you put 25 in you get like an extra GoFundMe 25 for charity or for nah, capitalism for, <laughs> for capitalism yeah i didn't know it was not allowed at the time but they took it down afterwards um and it was gonna fund a trip for us uh, to the nfl draft in nashville a few years back and sexy actually this is kind of funny because sexy put like so much money into it and didn't win he How didn't, uh, I mean, he was young. He was probably eight, 18, 19 at the time. I think he probably put like 500 to $700 wow. into it, which is a ton of money at that yeah. time. And we picked the raffle while we were at Nashville, I remember. Uh, and I remember Sexy, we knew he had put a ton of fucking money into it. And we felt really bad. So we we made sure that we picked him as one of the last names and someone else or whatever. So he jo joined the Dynasty League. Therefore, we had like an open form of communication with him. And then eventually he like took one edit a week. He was like, hey, do you, guys, like, do you have an edit that you want me to do or you have anything that like, you want us to help out with? Gave him one edit a week. He did that for like fucking a year and a half, two years probably without like any sort of whatever. He was up in Canada still at the time. Started working at a company up there in Canada called Owner's Box, which was like a sports media company. Uh, I, I know the owner, so like we were friendly and like me and him would talk every once in a while. And then he hits me one night and he was like, yo, can we get on like a Zoom call or whatever, which is not a normal thing for us. So I was like, right, something's up. We get on the call. He's like, I want to pit. This was right after we had gotten the office. So he knew that we were like moving more towards the business. And he was like, I want to, uh, I want to come work. For, like, I'm going to pitch you on what I'm going to do for you guys. Like, I'm going to be the TikTok guy. I'm going to grow your audience. He had grown owner's boxes from like zero to 60,000 really quickly. And we had got in here and this was before Ike's lunch and all that kind of stuff. So we had like no real following yeah. on TikTok. Maybe like 3,000, 5,000 people on there. And I was like, this would be cool if we had one person just like focusing on this intensely. But I had like no money at the time. When we yeah. first got in here and we were like ripping shit. I, th yeah, I think I ran dry, right? I might have had like eleven thousand dollars in the bank after one month, and I still had to pay everybody in rent and everything. And I was like, ah, fuck, we're we're down pretty tremendously right now. Um, so I was like, I can't fucking pay you. I already have five people on the payroll. Yeah. But I was like, if you can, if you can work for us until like July or something, this is like April, so April, May, June, July, four months or whatever, I'll hire you in the summer when things pick up and we have a little bit more. Um, and he was like, okay. Moved out to New York, slept on the air mattress for like three months in the office because he didn't have a place to live. He ended up moving in with Tony and then, um, and then, yeah, and then we hired him like through a visa program. So it was like, 
it was a long process of, you know, this is a tale we've told many times. It's just reached out, kind of do something for free, do good work, continue to do it. Eventually you'll get your shot. And when you do, there you go. You're in the foot in the door though. Like you need to, you need to show me what you're doing. You need to do what you say you're going to do. You yeah, know, like, actually do it. <laughs> yeah, important. yeah. But it, like, look at the sacrifice that like he made, and look look at the people that are working here. Like what they did. Yeah. For so long, sexy. Like, like if he didn't come out to New York, I didn't really have an interest in him working here. Right. And so he did that and slept on a fucking mattress in our office for three months. Unpaid. Unpaid. Yeah. Completely fucking unpaid. Yeah. That's where I believe your belief of work harder it always plays out. And maybe it could have taken three more years. It you you expand this luck surface area. I will say one thing I've tried to improve as a leader for myself is like making sure I making sure those people know that I appreciate what they're doing. Okay, you know, because because sometimes I think for a while, like, oh, he's taking like one edit edit for a week for a long time, yeah. And it's not it, it's it's, it's a not very changing the business. It's a very minute yeah. thing in in the overall landscape of what we're doing. Right. But for them, it could feel like man. I'm still sacrificing my time for something that has no promise, no 100%. all this kind of stuff. So I try to take more account. Like if I see someone who I'm like, oh, he did something new with the video. I want to go make sure like I compliment them. Like, hey, that was like really cool. Like I appreciate yeah. that you, you know, went a little bit of uh, above and beyond there. You're doing a good job. Like keep it up. Here are things that I think you can prove. Here are things that, you know, I, I like that you like went and took control of this. So one of the chapters in my book, the 24 out or the, uh, I still don't really know what it, uh, it's going to be about how we're an asset and you should constantly be investing in yourself. So everything you eat. You're yeah. talking about a book you're going to write? Just a, a, a thesis of mine okay. that will probably find a book form in some. some. Um, we, we rarely invest in ourselves. Like people will be like, oh, take this class. Okay, it, it costs $250. Sexy putting $500 into that was an investment, you know, that he makes in himself. And I just feel like we don't we don't encourage that behavior. Like we encourage you go to the movies and you go out to the bar and you spend X amount of dollars. And that investment is in yourself. You get joy out of that. You get entertainment. It, well, it's hard to invest in something that has a very, very unclear. high lack of certainty. Exactly. Yeah. But we should very much. Those are the things that are worth investing. They in. Always, like yeah. these Knicks tickets, for example, to go back to them. I had no clue what they were going to create. Is it exactly because of the way it happened? Maybe, maybe not. But, like, I made back that money by getting, you know, a role with MSG Networks. If I don't get those tickets five years ago, do I get to where I am? I don't know. And that's the thing. There's no clear ROI. But, like, if Sexy had said, there's a chance I make a $500 bet and it equals me. You pay him, like, what, 250K uh, a year? Yeah. A, a 5,000x. pre raise. Yeah. Yeah. Pre raise. Yeah. But a 500x. I, what's the math on that? Yeah. A fi- no. A fi- uh, you're a, doing fake yeah. math, anyways. It doesn't matter. The point <laughs> is, if you ever thought about like what it could equal, you know, you're just placing more bets. Yeah. More investments in yourself. And then the other, other part I wanted to add was creativity. So I tweeted out today, you know, make me an offer on my tickets uh, or whoever wants to come with me. I got one actual funny. Uh, did you see that? So, uh, someone, someone was like, "We could go to Times Square. We could reenact a movie. We could make a lot from the tip money. We could buy costumes. Yeah. You know, super creative." The problem with that one is like that one was so ridiculously out of the scope. But genuinely, if one person had said, "Let's put five hundred dollars on the Knicks tomorrow. If they win, you keep the money. If they lose, like that's just 
that's the cost of the ticket. I would like a very simple form. So get creative in your outreach, I think is actually, and, and the only way to get creative is by following that person, doing your research, putting, yeah, in, putting in the work. Because, yeah, if someone had said that, if someone had offered me, like, a really good content opportunity, like, I'm going to be the funniest, I'm the biggest fan, uh, bring your camera, it'll be a YouTube video. Like, if they knew anything, the rest are just like, oh, I thought I'd, you know, make a lowball offer and hope. Like, you, could, no. there, <laughs> there's a good, if you said, give it away and I'm going to bring you four a business connection. Like there's so many, there's so many creative ways and, you know, people just lack creativity. I feel like in, in sometimes. Yeah. I mean, it's, I, I empathize with people who don't have their footing and like, it yeah. feels like you're not like investing, but necessarily just like throwing a bunch of things against the wall and hoping something sticks, but anything worthwhile is going to be very risky up front. It's going to feel like it's risky up front, but like, I think the biggest risk is not taking the leap because then yeah. you live with, like a lot of regret doing those kind of things. Like what, what could have been. So I yeah. think anytime you're facing the crossroads. Yeah, don't spend, but if, but if you are confident that you can replenish that money, because you can most, most of the time, like money. Yeah. Uh, I say go for it. Second part of that question. Um, and what was the future value you promised or gave him to keep him to stay with you? He moved to New York. Were you like, you're getting a job or hopefully get you a job? Uh, I think <laughs> and the better better business bureau wants to know the answer to that. I think I was like if you are here in July, if you work for us for free until July in the yeah. summer, we'll hire you. Right. Um and then even when we got to July, I think I pushed that off for like another two months. Sexy, yeah. Um the other part of that, I could have pushed that off for six months and sexy still would have done. Right, right. The fact this is the power of building a this is the power of being yourself. This is the power of being vulnerable. This is the power of content. This is the power of, of building a brand and building leverage. Is that I put myself in a position where people like sexy will do that. You know, mm -hmm. people will sleep here because they want the opportunity to work. It's like you build something that people believe in, right? Mm -hmm. So it's like it's not a traditional job where what did you offer sexy? It's like Sexy really passionately wanted to be here working with us like that. I didn't have to offer him anything. Mm -hmm. My last six years of making content and building my business was the pitch. And I think about that with a lot of my life. Like if we, I don't, if we ever need to raise money, mm. I don't think I'll pitch people. You know what I mean? Like right. my last seven, eight years has been my pitch. It's like, if you know what I'm about, if you know what we're building here, mm. you'll invest. If I need to, if I've never met you before, I won't even feel, I don't have an elevator pitch for what we are. Yeah. You know what I mean? You either like know me and know what we're about and see how passionate I am or you yeah. don't. And I think that resonates with every aspect of my brand. People don't want to work here, the work they're doing. They want to be in a creative environment. They believe in me or the brand or they love fantasy, like any amount of those things. When you build something that people believe in, you don't need, I mean, you obviously need to pay them, but like you don't, <laughs> it, it just, people want more out of life than just money. The things that people value yeah. go above and beyond that. Of course I have to pay them eventually because it's expensive living here and it's normal fucking human being. But right. um, it, it started without a doubt in, belief and wanting to be part of uh, Steve asks what's essential to have in a thumbnail in general. And for Nick, are there any specific things you add for fantasy football thumbnails? And then Jordan asks what price point is the thumbnail worth it? If you're looking to outsource in a price per thumbnail, same question for editing long form, 30 plus minute videos, short form clips, clips less than 90. Well, I think well, we can just do a five minute thumbnail little session. Yeah. Workshop and, and close our shop essential for, 
thumbnails. I don't know if I'd say there's anything essential necessarily. I, I think one of the biggest things that I've learned in, in terms of like being getting better personally at designing thumbnails is less is more. I think a, a ton of people always try to like layer text on top of text on top. Of like they put the title in the thumbnail and it just gets like so messy. It's like people are going to look at your thumbnail for a second, see whether or not it's intriguing and then go mo- and then move down to the title immediately. Yeah. And I actually think I've come to the point where like, I think the title is five times to 10 times more important than the actual thumbnail itself, but they need to, it needs to be like a smooth storyline. So you need to see the title be a little bit intrigued or you need to see the thumbnail be a little bit intrigued and have the title really like take it away from you. You know what I mean? All right. I'll, I'll answer the question. What's <laughs> essential in a thumbnail. Yeah. When you see it, you want to click it. And I, I actually don't know if people ever take a step back and be like, if I came across this thumb with the title, would I click it? I think that's or a, would my audience click it? I, I think it's, it's such yeah. a simple question, but it's like it honestly makes titling and thumbs so much more obvious. And now, if you really clickbait it, that might be the the workaround to yeah, I would click it because I'm intrigued. But yeah, you you don't want it to be too busy, and it should it should match the contents of the video. Yeah, I think you could pull inspiration from other creators and industries as well i think that's one of the more like underutilized things just to do if you're creating a thumbnail look at what other people most of the time it's very simple it's like one person's face maybe like one object or one central theme of the thumbnail and that's really it they don't overcomplicate things now simplicity is key i also think from a design standpoint texture is very important too texture doesn't need to mean like a million different things going on but just small things like shadows yeah, yeah shadows and saturation and different colors and making it feel a little bit more like real or that it matches what the theme of the, of the thumbnail is. So I think those are two important things. It's going to take you a long time. Like you, you're probably going to have to watch some videos on how to actually like maneuver in these things and learn, get comfortable with Canva and Photoshop and or things like that. you can pay for them. You can. And the price point of a thumbnail. So we work with the agency that does thumbnails. Thumbnail for this video. They, yes. They have three tiers. Uh, the first tier is a no feedback kind of just, you know, I think anyone who's decent at thumbs can make second one. I think you get maybe one revision. It's a little better. And then the last one is, is really good. I think we're using the, the tier one thumbs. I'm pretty sure. No, we're tier two, two. tier two, so whatever the middle one is there. It's funny. Like they should probably have a little discrepancy because their tier twos are almost as good as their top tier. I don't know if it's tier one or th- um, I think it's, it's 30, 60, 120? Yeah. Yeah, so 30 is the base one. The yeah. one that we do for these are 60. Yeah. The one that... My my yeah. channel has. So I've paid for thumbnails one other time. The quality was much lower than these. Yeah. And it was $25 per thumbnail. Yeah. And at the time, that felt like a lot. I was like, ooh, 25. Because I was doing it for fantasy videos. So we were doing them high volumes. Right, right. You know, so I was like, oh, if we're doing 100 whatever a week, that's fine. For this... Were they I, good? They were... That's the thing. They were. They have to be good. They're be better good. than what I would do. They're definitely not the level of agency that right. these guys. Um, so if you're someone, it, it depends on how much money you're making off of content. Uh, Jordan, I know you. Or have like a, it depends how much you're willing to invest. Yeah, I just I as I assume that most people who are not full time content creators are probably in the same like ballpark budget range for what they're doing. Like they're more beginner budget level because they don't think about investment yeah that's that's true uh but i I wouldn't tell a beginner to invest in 60 dollars thumbnails i agree but if you were willing to make that investment but the funniest part is you you're you're making a choice between two investments your time right by learning how to do it or 
by allowing someone else to do it. So if, yes, it, it is very rare, and maybe it's not speaking to the right crowd, of being like, you're a new creator, which means you probably haven't made enough money. But, like, that is something that I will continue to offload and to, to give to someone else. You're, yeah, you're in a position to do it. Yeah. I also think there are valuable skills to learn up front because you could transfer them to a lot of right, other things. Right. Uh, I think that when you are starting out, investing time is way more realistic than investing money in the gym. So, yeah, we do but, $60 but a thumbnail. In, We're also splitting it, so it's kind of like 30 yeah. a thumbnail. Um, but investing money, you could uh, you could spend your time better. Yeah, um, I'm just, I'm offering, I, I would agree. I, the I, majority I of people is, yes, you should learn how to do the skill yourself. You'll pick up a new skill by doing it. You can create thumbnails for others. Maybe you make money from doing that for others. But I guess it depends, like, how, just an how much better person. they are. Like, yeah. That too. Okay, so like I think the first these guys, I mean, I couldn't do anything. Oh, these guys are awesome. These yeah. guys are really, really, really um so I guess okay, if what price is the thumbnail worth it if you're looking at outsource? So like I said, we're doing these thumbnails that we have are sixty, but thirty a person. I don't know if I if I was doing my own individual ones, if I'd be wanting to do sixty. We're also doing one a week, so you yeah. have to consider that as opposed to like five a week where yeah. like the volume for our fantasy stuff is much higher. Um so it is it is, you know, money can't win you YouTube, right? It's it gives you an advantage, though. And if you were to put out five videos with elite thumbnails a week in the fantasy space, it would could, separate. It play. Your content would have to, obviously, as we say, it would still have to be really good. But that could be a differentiator. I, I would almost look at it from a holistic standpoint, um, from a year long. Yeah. You know, like, if, do the math. If you're doing three videos a week and you invest $30, you know, the tier one $30 thumbnail for each video, $90 a week, 90 times, you know, 52 is around 400 4500 $4,600, something like that. Um, like, are you willing to outsource all the time that you spend on thumbnails for $4,500 yeah. for the entire... Uh, for me, where I'm at right now, that, that feels kind of like a no-brainer-ish, right? Like, that would be something I would invest into because mm -hmm. in the grand scheme of things, 4500 is not that much money for... The, um, so I, I would look at it that way, you know? I would look at it from a more holistic standpoint rather than just being like... Because at the end of the day, what is like $30 every two days mean to you. It's very hard to just like figure yeah, that yeah. out. But if you look at it from, you know, I have disposable income of $4,500 to like put elsewhere, that might put it more in perspective. That, that might give you like a hell no right away. You might be mm -hmm. like, nah, I need that money. Right, right. Um, if that's the case, then you either need to scale down the number of thumbnails that you're buying. You need to scale, um, you know, the quality of the thumbnails or find a different agency or something like that. So I think or that's- stop going to the bar. Stop making videos, honestly. <laughs> just, just quit. 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 Um, same questioning for editing long form video, short form video. I think AI is gonna be able to edit your fucking short form videos. In a it's second. it's really just a time time money equation. What's your time worth? To, um, uh, what's realistic to you? Can you work longer? Can you edit longer? I don't think I've ever like hired someone per se to actually cut up short form videos on like a per video basis. Oh, uh, short form. Yeah, I don't know if I have. No, we have. I mean, editing our snap stuff, we were paying like two to three hundred per episode. They were like four and a half minutes. Um, two to three hundred per video. Yeah. Okay. So that's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. We were making a lot on snap. Now we don't make any. So yeah. I've I've outsourced long form videos, and I think I paid maybe basically we did one podcast a week that was about an hour long, and it was once a week, and I think we outs I think we paid the editor. We might have worked within the multiple years, somewhere in the five to ten thousand range. I want to say maybe the first year was five thousand, maybe the second year was seventy five hundred, maybe it was whatever it was. So I'm not sure how that breaks down to it, but the editor we're working with would take like eight or nine hours editing, you know, each video if it was forty five minutes mm -hmm. or whatever. So that was kind of like the reverse engineering part of you know how much money is his time worth 
in that sense. So long form edits are obviously going to be a lot more time intensive. So you're going to have to pay. Um, and depending on like what you're doing. Right. Should we end this? Yes, we should end this. All right. That's it. Like, subscribe, rating, review, share, follow, leave a comment, drop a pepper sign. Big tech guy. Yeah, I'm Roadcaster guy. Roadcaster Pro. Roadcaster Jack Pro. Yeah. Um, what was this? Oh, with Bijan and well, like Saquon, his best year as a yeah. pro was his rookie year. Yeah. Two thousand yards from scrimmage. That team was five and eleven. They were bad. Yeah. You know, yeah. he had fifteen touchdowns. And so it goes back to like, do you think Bijan's as good of a pro as Saquon? Can he put up those numbers? I also think like the Fal- I don't. I don't. The Falcons' run environment's way better than the Giants was at that time. Like I'm telling you, our the, like Tyler Algier put up a thousand yards as a rookie last year. He's not like, <laughs> which is why our I biggest need. That they drafted. I, I, get it. I get it, motherfucker. <laughs> um, no, Bijan. He needs he needs twenty twenty five touches a game because he he wears you down with the broken tackles. Obviously, he doesn't have breakaway speed like Saquon did, so that's another worry for me. Um, now Texas didn't use him in the past game nearly enough. That that's where you know things could change, like. McCaffrey, he's talented enough to where you split him out wide. Like, he could do McCaffrey-level things. Yeah. I genuinely believe that. Saquon that year, his rookie year, had like 120 targets or something right. like that, which is like crazy. And that's what they said they were going to do this year with him, but they didn't. So I That's don't what know. every fucking team says with every running back. Like, he's not just a running back. He's a weapon. No, but and Saquon is. I mean, yeah, yeah. but they just didn't really do it. Like, early on they did, so... We will see. I'm obviously rooting for him. I think that sounds like wor- you're not. That's that's the worst part about the the whole about life. Is <laughs> it just I'm just a hater? <laughs> yeah, it's like you give an opinion and then it doesn't mean I'm rooting against him. It's just what I anticipate happening. I don't think Desmond Ritter's good. I hope he plays great, unless I'm financially invested on his under. Me too. I just I don't know what to think of him. I, I'm at this point. I'm just you know for the first time in my life, I'm just going to be an optimistic person. You know, I'm taking in. That's why I'm just confused about the whole situation. I I just never had a choice. Okay. I broke down. You know, immediately when we made the pick. I thought we were taking Jalen Carter. I was very excited about it. Is and, that who you wanted? Uh, yeah. I mean, we need D line help yeah. bad. The fun thing about the Bichon pick and just in general is like you can't be upset about it. Because he's so fun. And he's also, like, the greatest kid in the world. Like, he's a great person. The interviews and stuff I saw, yeah. I was like, man. This, oh, yeah. He's I'm, class. Yeah. He is class. But, I kept asking him, like, the most awkward interview questions as he was coming up. Yeah. It made me very uncomfortable. Um, yeah, I just, uh, we're, we're a little bit delayed because we're not on cable. And I have my phone next to me, and I was not trying to look on Twitter to see where our pick was. And I just saw, like, texts continue to pop up. And I was like, no one's texting me if we're picking an offensive or right, defensive right. lineman. So I was like, it had to have been Bijan. Oh, oh, oh. So, like, I thought you were talking about right now. No, 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 no like, when we were on the clock. <laughs> I was like, did you trade for Hopkins? Um, I didn't want his fucking old ass. I'm over Hopkins. He's never on Hopkins, but but I'm over him. You wouldn't want D-Hop? Uh, not, I mean, not for where our team is right now. Like for what we have to give, I don't want to give up fu- contenders. I don't want to give up future. Yeah. He's weighs us down. <laughs> I'd rather have, uh, we just got Matt Collins. Why would we need DeAndre Hopkins? Redundant. That's a really good point. That is redundant. Why? I don't know. I'm not, why you're smiling is beyond me. So this is the Kyle Pitts breakout or no? Uh, no, it's Bijan's breakout. Okay. Everyone else can relax. Yeah. So what'd you say? Fantasy. He's a top five. Fan. Running back yeah. or pick overall? Pick. 
Yeah, I, I think he's in the argument right there. I think most. I think most. I think like C Mac, Justin Jefferson ish, like Jamar Chase will be consensus, and then after that, it's like I, I, if it's Jonathan Taylor, Austin Eckler, like why isn't he in that conversation? Um. Yeah, I was fading JT all last year. I'm not a big believer in the in the bad offensive take. I think like Saquon was good last year until their offense kind of fell apart. That makes sense. Um, I'd rather. I mean, I'm gonna you go lie. back to Eckler. It depends where he goes. Um, I mean, they haven't taken a fucking running back yet in the draft, so it seems like they're pretty. Uh, really, uh, but. But we joked. I was like, like man, can... I know. No, we joked. Like, my first sports, like, breaking news. <laughs> no, we, we joked, like, out of all the breaking news, like, that's probably the, the one I should be able to get that intel straight from the source. Yeah. DeAndre Swift goes to Philly. That's kind of sexy as hell. Is it? Oh, yeah. Another Georgia guy? Yeah. Seven Georgia guys. Georgia no, but, team. like, from a fantasy perspective. Yeah, I actually really like Swift. Sanders everyone's love. Yeah, but Penny's there. Gainwell's there. Boston Scott's there. Gainwell and Scott are... Hertz is there. Kenny G was their best back in the in the bowl. It's like thirty yards a game. Lamar Jackson's a Raven though. 